0: Welcome to Jesus and Coffee with Pastor Tom, where we have a little bit of coffee and a whole lot of Jesus. So we are still in Proverbs 12, but moving slowly through this one. A lot of good stuff in here. Um, So let's go ahead and say a prayer and get started. Father, we come before you now just be glorified as we study your word this morning. Teach us new things. Draw us near to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Um, Another quick note before we get into the lesson here. Anyone watching today, please pray for VBS tonight. We're doing our final commencement ceremony and we're, we're going to press heavily at the very end, a gospel presentation and an invitation for these kids. Um, so just be praying uh, that the kids will have open hearts and minds and if God's working on their heart, that they will respond and embrace him as savior. Okay, lesson notes. I've even got a passage in Luke 14 I'm going to pull in with this this morning because it applies to me. Um, To me, it applies to this and what we're talking about. So again, Proverbs uh, 10, 11, 12, we've been looking at it, been going through it over the last couple weeks. Um, They are practical, wise sayings that we can apply to our life. Solomon's writing this. I call them fortune cookie statements. Each verse is like a little fortune cookie of information. Some of them connect together, fit together, some don't. Um, but they're just simple statements, each verse. And the amazing thing about it is every single one of them can be traced back to the two greatest commandments. Okay, They're rooted in the two greatest commandments, each one of these practical statements. And uh, I, I, try to, I try to show that connection or mention that Um Every day, and I'll do that again today. But let's go ahead and look here at these three, three verses, uh, verse twenty-one through twenty-three of Proverbs twelve. No ill befalls the righteous, but the wicked are filled with trouble. Now, at first glance, when you look at this verse, you might be like, "Hold on a second, hold on a second, this ain't right. This this can't be true because there's plenty of wicked people who." don't seem very filled with trouble and it seems like everything just goes their way and there are a lot of righteous people that I know who have a lot of illness in their life okay and how can this verse be true when you look at it straightforward in a literal sense then yeah it doesn't make sense but when you step back and you think about the big picture then it does make sense. As we've talked about numerous times before, righteousness leads to life. The Bible is always looking in the future towards the end of for all eternity, that time period. It sees this life on earth as nothing but but a vapor, nothing but but just a blip in your experience of life. Okay. And so um, the righteous ultimately will not have illness in the grand scheme of things we've got to look at it that way and understand it like that when you accept christ as savior you are considered righteous you are made right with god it's through christ that we attain this righteousness when we surrender to him when we say proverbs 1 7 the fear of the lord is in our hearts we respect god um the wicked they may seem like everything's going their way now, but ultimately in the grand scheme of things for all eternity, they're going to have nothing but trouble for all eternity. And when you step back and you look at this verse in that light, then yeah, it's true. It makes perfect sense. No ill befalls the righteous in Christ. That's right. Now there's another way to look at this too, that, that does apply. Now, You may deal with ailments and pain and suffering and hurt in your life as a righteous person, someone who's seeking to honor God. You may face sickness. But here's the thing. If God is your greatest treasure, then those things will not completely destroy your soul, so to speak. They won't break you, your character, you as a person. Yeah, they may be painful. Yeah, they may hurt. But you, can, you will still have the joy of the Lord in your heart because you have the greatest treasure. You know that what is most important is your relationship with God, being satisfied in Him. So you can go through cancer. You can go through great loss, pain, suffering, hurt, opposition, persecution with joy in your heart as a righteous person because nobody can take god away from you your health might can be taken from you your loved ones can be taken from you your your financial wealth can be taken from you but god cannot be taken from you and if you have him you have the most valuable thing in all existence therefore you still have joy in your heart in the midst of pain and hurt whereas the wicked The wicked, all their joy is reliant upon the material things of this world because they worship the creation rather than the creator. Therefore, thieves can break in and steal. It can be taken away from them. And when it's taken away, it's nothing but trouble. There is no joy. Okay? So there's a couple ways that you can look at that verse, and we see that it is true. Let's move on to verse 22. Verse 22 says, lying lips are an abomination to the Lord, but those who act faithfully are his delight, okay? Why is lying an abomination? Well, lying is absolutely a distortion, right? The very act of lying is you are distorting the truth. You are twisting or changing the truth, the reality, the world that we live in, the things that are actually occurring. You're trying to twist them and make them something different. You're you're going against God's established plan and purpose for all eternity when you lie. Think about that. You're trying to change God's purpose and plans when you lie. Well, wait a minute, Tom. What about like when people do things that are wrong and evil? You're saying that's God's purpose and plan. Ultimately, the Bible tells us God is sovereign. And God is working all things together for the good of those who love him who are called according to his purpose, even bad things. So even in the midst of all of that, nothing happens that God doesn't know about or didn't know was going to happen. Okay, we need to understand that. And I don't fully understand why he allows some things to happen, some pain and hurt and suffering, but I must trust that he sees the bigger picture the grand scheme, the purpose, the plan, the design. We've been talking about that at BBS all week. And we have to trust him that he knows what's best and that it is for the best long term, okay? So that is why lying is such an abomination because it's going against God's purpose and his plans for the universe. Even a little tiny lie is an attack on God's authority and it and it shows a lack of surrender. To the Lord of all okay even if you just lie about a simple thing did you eat that cookie no I didn't eat that cookie it must have must have been taken by somebody else that little lie right there that a child could tell it is it is um, rebellion against God's purpose and design that's that little lie right there that's why lying is an abomination okay verse 23 a prudent man conceals knowledge but the heart of fools proclaim folly this first kind of connects with one we did previously um, last week where a fool is a braggart someone who brags about things that didn't happen that they didn't do because they want the reputation and people to think highly of them and a wise person doesn't brag about things but lets his actions speak for him okay now um this verse is very similar to that. A prudent man conceals knowledge. He's not going to go around bragging about things. He's prudent. He's, he's, he's a hard worker. He's consistent. He's most likely a righteous person. All right. He's, without saying it himself, he's, he's probably a humble person. Whereas the heart of a fool brags about everything, draws attention to himself, but never actually does anything. There's a verse there's a couple of verses in Luke chapter 14 that always stuck with me that I read at a very young age, and I've never forgotten this verse, and it comes to my mind quite often. So there's a parable here that Jesus is giving about a wedding feast and, and attending a wedding feast, going into um, this event, all right? So here's what it says. When you are invited by someone to a wedding feast, do not sit down in a place of honor, lest someone more distinguished than you be invited by him. And he who invited you both will come and say to you, give your place to this person. And then you, will begin, then you will begin with shame to take the lowest place. But when you are invited, go and sit in the lowest place, so that when your host comes, he may say to you, friend, move up higher. Then you will be honored in the presence of all who sit at the table with you. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. I love this passage. There's so much wisdom in it. Put yourself, regardless of what position you hold, you put yourself in the lower position, okay? And if some other people think you should be honored and put in a higher position, then, then that's great, okay? But if someone doesn't think that, you're already in the lowest position and you don't have to suffer shame because you thought you were something special, <laughs> Okay? Don't think so highly of yourself. That's the idea behind that. And that's the idea of the, verse 23 here. Don't think so highly of yourself. That's why, I, I'm just going to say it. I never I, I never liked churches that put a pastor's parking sign up front at the church for the pastor to park at. Like, you know, pastor gets the special parking spot. I've just never liked that. That's That's arrogant. That spot at the front of the church should say guest parking. Visitor parking. Visitors get the prominent, respected, honored place. You're coming to visit our church. We are honored by that. You get the front parking. Pastor, you need to go to the very back corner of the parking lot. That's where you park because you're a servant, okay? You're not king of the church. You're a servant. You go to the very back in the lowest position and you serve the people. Everyone else comes first, okay? So that's just one simple example, but that's the idea and the mindset there that everyone should have, serving everyone else. And notice how that idea and that mentality this here like it seems like it might be deceptive. Your goal is to for other people to exalt you. Yeah, I'll just go in the lowly place and then I can, you know, walk to the higher place like that. No, this whole idea here is that you are assuming that everyone else is better than you. Okay? This is what you're doing. You're loving others you're putting them first this is the greatest commandment this whole passage here this right here is the greatest commandment or the second greatest commandment loving others okay that's what it's really pointing us to verse 22 can apply to both All right, if you love other people you're not gonna lie to them if you love God you're not gonna lie in general because you're not gonna go against God's original purpose and design and how things are going in the world okay um, and if you're righteous, that means you love God, and you're going to find glory in that in time, okay? <clears throat> so all these things connect. They all point us back to the two great commandments. And the way we treat others and the way we should live is, is we should always consider ourselves less. We really should. We should always consider ourselves less important than others. Think of if every single person on the face of this earth actually did that within their heart, considered everyone else as more important and themselves as less. Would there be lying? No, there wouldn't be lying, there wouldn't be murder, there wouldn't, wouldn't be jealousy, there wouldn't be hatred. You wouldn't do any of those things to someone else. All of that, that, those attitudes and all that evil and that sin I just mentioned, when it's directed towards someone, it means deep within the heart of the person who feels that towards the other person, they think themselves better than that person that's what it stems from but in a world where everybody thinks everybody else is more important sin towards one another does not happen that is why loving others putting them first is the second greatest commandment all right thank you for joining me this morning have a wonderful and blessed day seek first the kingdom of god seek a relationship with god that's how you're going to learn to love other people that's how you're going um, to learn to to put yourself in the proper place in this world have a wonderful day and i'll see you again tomorrow bye